but now I'm older and I can shoot and I can teach myself. I mean, it's like this, the thing you said about as soon as you know, I mean, for me, being a rapper, growing up on 90s rap, with all the type of shit they're saying about women yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, man. And then I start going to school and I get into feminism and I educate myself. And I've been having hell writing rap lyrics since then. Mm. So I was like, I can't in good conscience say things like that no more. No and doubt, I can't. No like, this is What's up, everybody? Welcome back to This Too Is Sweden podcast. This week, we will be doing a short episode. Um, it's a two-parter of my interview with Matthias, father, leader, rapper. Um, we dig into what it was like for him to be adopted here in the 70s and what it was like to grow up in Gothenburg, Sweden. During that time, um, and we will be back next week, next Friday, with another episode for the other half. But for now, please listen with an open mind, with an open heart, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. See you next week. Peace. Lagnander. Um, I was adopted to Sweden from Ethiopia at the age of five into a white family. Been living in Gothenburg ever since. Rapper, work with young people in the suburbs uh, as a youth leader, I guess you call it in American. Uh, that's basically what I do. Love music, love laughing, love art, basically. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Also, just for any listeners that are maybe possibly American. Um, suburbs are different than they are in the U.S. Yeah. In the U.S., suburbs are where the white kids live. Yeah. In most of Europe, I know, like, well, I don't know. how. No, but we have suburbs with white kids as well, but... But it's not that same. It's not, this, same. It's not the same no. connotation when you say the word suburbs. No. It's just basically like... On the outer reaches of the city. Yeah, I guess society doesn't want to see people of color or the immigrant population to be seen living downtown. Yeah. So he has just showed me something that's deeply disturbing. Just, yeah. So wait, that was on a mattress? Yeah, it was on a mattress. I don't know what they're trying to imply that it's the hair or and the black man is, in the mattress. Or, and it's called krull, like curly as well. Uh, oh, but in... Um, in Norwegian. Norwegian, yeah. Wow. Wow, that's that's something. Yeah. Not, uh, not too surprising, but... <laughs> so you were adopted from Ethiopia, yeah. and you got here when you were five. How, five months. Oh, five months. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said five years old. Um, it's very surprising that I've, I don't think I've ever asked. No. Like, we've known each other for almost ten years, at yeah. least. And, like, I've... Um, I had an interview... The guest from last week, um, she also, y'all, y'all grew up together. And she was like, yo, I don't think I ever asked with this. No, then, then nobody ever did. But, yeah, it's and, nothing and, that you... And, and most people actually just assume that I'm mixed as well. I think she might have said that. Yeah? Yeah. Except everybody from Ethiopia. 
They get every time they see me, oh, you're Ethiopian. Wow. They do that all the time. Everybody else think I'm mixed. Really? Yeah. And huh. I was adopted like, you know, back in the days when there wasn't proper adoption agencies, you know. What, my, year, what year were you born? Uh, 74. Okay. And my dad worked in healthcare. Mm-hmm. And he just knew this doctor that worked in Ethiopia. And they just set it up. And then I was here. Wow. Okay. It's just, it's just like, yeah. And this, like... Like the the child home that I was raised in in Ethiopia is just burned down. There's no records left. It's just it's just. So there is no way for you to. No, I have my papers, but all the papers say is just the mother and father of the child is the mother and father of the child. Cause I was literally left in a basket on the doorstep of the orphanage. Okay. My like my birth date is like. Seventy four. 0101, like the first of January, mm-hmm. and that's just because they haven't got any papers. So it's just. Oh, okay. Let's make it the first of January the year he was born. And okay. they stamp it like that. All right. So that's why. And that, that, there's a lot of adopted kids in Sweden that's got the same birth. Let's go into what it was like um, growing up here in Gothenburg in the early 80s. I mean, it was very different. Yeah. Not many black kids around. It's just not like now, like when we hung together as immigrants, it was just like this guy from Finland, a Jewish guy, Yugoslavian guy. You, you sort of just clicked because of the area you were from, right. not like the race. I mean, uh, right. But the thing is, back in those days, it was a lot like, oh, you are so lucky that I get to go to Europe and like live. You were basically a welfare project to many people. Looking at this, like, oh, your parents are so good saving you from, like, the poor Africa. I mean, that was the mindset in Sweden back in the 70s. Not that it's, wait, the poor Africa? Like, yeah. the continent? Or no, no, the continent. They look at it as one country? No, it's not a country. It's no, a I'm saying they look at it as one country, yeah. so they're like, the Africa. I, mean, I was actually, I mean, I was adopting, like, the, the age of, like, you know, live aid. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh yeah, I, oh, I definitely know what that is. Africa, the I, whole concert. Yeah. It's like hands across America. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, so, I went to Newark. Yeah, with my mother for that, and uh, was kind of hoping to see Dion and Whitney Houston. <laughs> like, yeah, like in growing up, in many ways, yeah. it was more racism, more overt racism. Mm-hmm. And maybe I didn't get it at the time because, like, I had really good friends and stuff like that. But actually, I think growing up like a black person in Sweden today is harder. Wow. That's super interesting. Everybody's scared of you. Now that's my sister. Ignore it. Wait. Wow. That just hit, that just hit real hard. Oh, so, okay. you're saying that when I grew up, you were, in, what, in which way? When I grew up, you were a welfare project, and there was a lot of overt racism in the way of people saying really racist shit. But most people were kind to you. It's mm. just oh, the little black boy, you come. Oh, so that type of racism. Africa. Yeah, that type I got of you, racism. Got you, got you. But at All least right. they were the kind, savior racism. They were kind to me, and growing up, like when you get to like 14, 15... People wasn't scared of me just because I was black. 
you know, it's like now... Just condescending towards you. Yeah, condescending, absolutely. <laughs> but... Very patronizingly no, yeah, racist, but, got you. No, but I still had it kind of easy, you know, yeah. in, in the way of people like, oh, of course he has to go to this... I didn't really get denied to go to certain schools or, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't just because I was black, I wasn't forced to live in a specific area. Also true, you know, also that, because as we talked about, the type of forced segregation. Because yeah. we're, we're, when I grew up, the ghettos mm-hmm. were luxury. All the ghettos, Biskops, Gordon, Hamakulen, they got built like 50s, 70s, and that was uh, apartments downtown were old apartments. Yeah, because they were only like 20, they 25 years run, old. Yeah, they didn't gotcha. have running water. They had bathrooms in the cellars. The new blocks, the new blocks like you see here in Frölunda, Angered. Mm-hmm. Those places, they were newly built apartments. The people that moved there back then, it's like the factory workers, the people that just got money in the pockets. It's just, yeah. those were like luxury apartments. Not now. No. Uh, so you, you weren't really like... The funding definitely ran dry in those oh, neighborhoods. Yes. As I, yeah. I have to tell you, we've, I also used to work in two of those neighborhoods. Yeah. So Biscops. And then out in, not even just Angered, in uh, Gorge 10. No. So, yeah. And there was work. I mean, I started working at the age of 14, and that was never a problem. You could always find work in Sweden. You didn't go unemployed. So, I mean, you had money. Crime wasn't that rampant. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I remember when I got got to get my first apartment, 17 years old. I was at the head of the queue because I had been in line. Went down to Bostadsbolaget, that they call that in Sweden. Right, right, right. And he took up this folder and he's just like, okay, here's 10 apartments in central Gothenburg. Which wow. one do you want? Wow, that's crazy. And my first apartment was a three-bedroom apartment what? in central city by Scandinavium. 3,500. <laughs> it's just like, I want that one. Okay, sign the deal. Yeah. I have my own place. And then you were in the system. For another place. Yeah, for another But you, why would I need another place? All right, just real quick for a little backstory. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Gothenburg has a huge, huge housing uh, crisis yeah. here because it is number one a university town, but it's also kind of a uh, it's it's a relatively attractive city because no, I mean from we're by here, the coast and, yeah, know. we're near the coast, but like literally from here, it's very strange. I could fly to Berlin in an hour. London like in London in, in an hour and a half. Like, yeah, you leave your house yeah. in Gothenburg at, let's say, 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You're having a beer in another major Euro- yeah. uh, European city Precisely. in three hours. So, yeah. So that's really, really attractive. But there's always been, since I've been here the last 15 years, I have never heard about anybody getting an apartment you know, real easily. But we got this part of town called Angere, and you, that isn't finished because... Yeah, people st- people still to this day don't want to get an apartment there if they get... Yeah, but back in the days, when they were half halfway through building it, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be twice the size, the line of people wanting an apartment ran out. There was nobody looking for an apartment in Gothenburg City, so they stopped building. Are you serious? Yeah, that's what happened. Wow, I'm getting a history lesson right now. Yeah. Nice. Everybody had an apartment in Gothenburg at that time. I did not know that at all. 
So what part of what part is it love yet or uh, I, I don't know exactly where I just learned this piece of history when we were at the Statsbygnatskontoret well, I mean this um, I don't know what it's called and it would be called in American the the housing s- department I don't know Yeah I guess it, like in the US it would be HUD uh, home and urban development Yeah wow that's crazy So You, so in you some was, ways it was better, but the race balling, was boy, you was balling. You got a three-bedroom apartment for about four hundred dollars a month. Yeah, at seventeen. That's my first apartment. My G, I was. And 17. that was Party Central, of course. Yep. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> I like wonder right. how you ended up becoming a rapper. Yeah, no, that's, that's like right next to Avenue. That's like getting an apartment on Times Square, I guess. Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. somewhere, yeah, got you. That is crazy. But you 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 brought up something that was like mind expanding. You said that back then people weren't scared of you. What do you think changed? What do I think changed? I think movies and popular culture changed a lot. We we talked about this off mic. I I mean of course the black guy was still the bad guy in the movies or like the TV dramas <laughs> of course. Wait, it wasn't wait, that, what? Yeah, exactly. What? But it, it wasn't yeah, it wasn't yeah. that many of them and No, because those, you only need one black guy to kill at yeah, the beginning of the movie yeah, and exactly. then Exactly. But oh. then yeah, I mean, you know, I came around and, and, and I also think it got into white kids, of course, as well. That's getting well, shit I mean, out. But it's still and you still had like thought of it really, but of course it's the news and the media, I mean They done like we learned this in school. They they had like people at university take a look at the media. <laughs> Journalists came in to work for the university mm-hmm. to look at what they themselves have been writing, and they looked for newspapers over ten years and found that like ninety percent of cases cases where person of color or an immigrant was mentioned in the news, it was in a negative. Oh well, that's that's not. Surprising yeah. to me. Four of those guys, because uh, they were lecturing at our school, they couldn't go back to being journalists after doing that. They quit. Oh, because they, because they realized, realized who they the, really were. Yeah, what, the, what they were and what they were. Because if you look at everything you read now, we are dangerous. We are killers. We are... Bruh. I, bruh. And, and you, you're not afraid of that. You were just something very exotic. And yeah, back to the condescending part again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The condescension type yeah. of racism, not the uh, overt uh, fear. But people told you to your face back then. It was just like, oh, aren't you happy to be able to come to Sweden and get something to eat? Yo. Yeah, they would say things like that all the time. But like... I mean, I, I, I should be thankful for you. Oh, now I'm getting food. Sir, that's, yes, that is white savior 101. Yeah. Yes. But that's really, really disturbing. And like, I, wow. And the that's churches, painful. That's painful the churches were much more important back then as well. Mm-hmm. So you have this whole evangelism, you know, missionary thing, yeah. bringing, like, you know, <sighs> what I'm yes. about. we don't need to. Oh God, I don't want to talk about missionaries. <laughs> it's really hard to speak about about this. With your parents today, because they they don't really understand it, and they they love me, but they can't understand that part of it. It's but it's good growing up. You had everything. Yes, yes, absolutely, mom, dad. You you gave me everything. This and this, and I, they're older. I can't really blame them. I think it's really hard for them to understand. Yeah. Because because 
the whole concept of adoption is really complicated. Yeah, I just need to rewind. Sorry. Just, just no, no, no. I just mean like when someone would tell you, "Oh my God, I'm sorry, bro. This yeah. is that's wild." Like if someone were to say that to you, what was the um, what was is was the intent? Like, could you feel the vibe? Like, what was what were they trying to say? Were they trying to be nice, or were they trying yeah, they to? Were trying, they were trying to be nice. And that is somebody being nice to you. Yeah, but they think they being nice to but you. But in their mind, that's a nice thing to say. And when you get this from the age of five months, mm. growing up with it, to you, it's just them being nice as well. Because that's that's like oh you know you, oh that's God. indoctrinating of a yes, child. Yes, yes, yes. I was just gonna say I'm, I'm sorry, man. That's. That's putting you in an dog position from the beginning. You should be thankful for being here. You should be thankful for everything you're getting. And it's... Oh, my God. Yeah, that's... I, this is not unusual for children of my generation. I think very many of them will recognize this. I mean, that saying, like... My generation, we are all have parents that have said this at one time or another. Not my parents, though. But I've heard it from other kids' parents. Other adopted kids' parents. They, or did, they did not say... No, no, just, just other white kids' parents as well. And they did not say this when I was around. But the typical saying was like, when the kid goes, I don't want to eat this dinner. I don't like it. And the saying was, you should be thankful there are kids in Africa that don't get any food. Mm. And that, that, that's a saying. It's just yes. everybody said it to yeah. their children. The, the crazy thing is, same thing in America. Yeah. And of course, you know, we wouldn't hear that. <laughs> like, yeah. my mom would never sit me down at the table and say that. But, like, I've heard, yeah, yeah. I've heard of white kids in, like, growing up. And in their household, their parents would say stuff like that. And I'm, it always, it always got to me where I was like, where? Please specify where. Yeah. Africa's a continent, not a country. Yeah. Like, we just talked about. And, of course, of course. There are poor kids in Africa. There are poor kids in Europe. There are poor kids. But not kids. all kids are poor exactly. in Africa. That is the thing. With all of that being said and understood, I'm going to get to the, the major question that I always ask, which is, if somebody asks you, where are you from? Yeah. How do you feel about it? Because, like, well, I know I've literally, like I said, I've known you almost 10 years and I've never asked you once. No. I never even thought to ask about the background in that way but it's always i'm sure i've asked you where you from but meaning like yeah yeah were you are you from gothenburg or are you from another city because that's just how i ask but most most people and most white people when they ask you they they i i know they mean from what country are you but in my mind I don't even think Sweden. I think Gothenburg. Yeah. It's like, this is my spot. This is where I'm from. This yes. is what I know. This is where I grew up. I was born in Ethiopia. have no real recollection of it. No connection to the culture right. like that. Uh, so I would automatically love to answer Gothenburg, but I automatically answer Ethiopia when somebody asks Whoa, me. Whoa, wait, what? Yeah. For real? Yeah, when somebody asks me where you're from, I say mm-hmm. Ethiopia. Because I, I know that's most... 90% of the time, that's what they're asking, really. And 
you can tell you you pick up on the vibe and how people ask you what they want. Yeah, yeah. There's a contextual. Absolutely. <laughs> there's a contextual but feeling I to it. Yeah. Been asked when I was younger by a girl mm-hmm. if my semen was brown. Uh, I think that's for another podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, so, but sorry, but like like for real. No, I'm playing, I'm playing. But that's that is wild though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was really really young, there were kids. Trying to lick my hair on the playground to see if it tasted like licorice. Wow! And this has happened. That's and most grown-up people say, "Oh, that's so cute." That's so like, not really. No. I mean, most black people know this, but yeah. y'all know yeah. the thing yeah. when people just come up and feel your hair. Yeah. Like, Get the your fingers out of my hair. I have I have definitely snapped on some older white ladies trying to touch my children's hair when they were smaller, because yeah. like, and also, I guess. I'm an oddity because I'm like, you know, a single father with three daughters and I'm walking around holding hands with them, talking to them like they're adults. And people are like, oh, look, it's so cute. Like, look at this little zoo animal and like his, look at this duck with his ducklings. And like, like we're literally a zoo exhibit and they literally try to walk up and pet my child's hair. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing? What's the big deal? Yo, what? Are you serious right now? That's a that's a little callback to uh, something for my daughter right there. Um, so yeah, like we were talking about like <laughs> the automatic, um, <laughs> just I guess projection of a different type of racism <laughs> that happens, which is yeah happens a lot. Um, yeah, so when I was asking uh, where you come from. Or like, yeah, just a simple question, like, where are you from? You have already decided where, like, what people are asking. Yeah. So you define yourself as Ethiopian. Yeah. Is that Was that then or is that now? Has it just been, has it ever changed? Has it ever gotten different? I think it's, I think it's different now. I don't define myself as Ethiopian. It's just like, it's just... It's the same thing, like when I got married, it took me like three years to stop calling my wife, my girlfriend. It's just, it's just automatic <laughs> reaction when somebody asks me where I'm from. It's the yeah, you. that the other answer is the right one. Right, 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 right. I got you. It's just, that, that's the way I've always answered it, like for 30 years and maybe for the last 15, 16, Jesus, I'm old. Uh, it's been different. <laughs> got you. I know you've, like, dude, I followed the, the whole NBA trip that you did last year. That was yeah. dope. Um, and it's good that you did it last year because yeah. there will be no NBA for a minute. Yes. Uh, actually, actually, it was this year, January. Well, you came back in January, true. Nah, we, we left. Wait, the, no. Oh, yeah. We left on the 5th of January. That was, and came this, back that was like all this year. Yeah. Wow. So you got to see the NBA before it got closed down. Yeah, you down. got to see the last. Just thing. missed signs come back though. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was gonna ask. Do you feel uh, it? It hits different, or it comes out in a different way in different countries when people ask you where you're from. Absolutely. So then, 
if that's the case, because you haven't just been to the U.S. Like, you've been around the world. So, where do you think... If they ask me when I'm abroad, yeah. I'm going to say Swedish automatically. Mm-hmm. I'm from Sweden. Right. Not Ethiopia. That's, yeah, that's a common thread I've heard. <laughs> um, yeah. And are there follow-up questions that come with that? or Not really. It's just most of the time, if you're in America, it's just... Oh, yes, yeah, you have those little pocket knives. It's no Switzerland. That's Switzerland. I cannot understand no. how hard it can be to separate no. us. Yo, I got cousins that still, well, not now, but cousins that used to be like, yo, what's up, cuz? How's Switzerland? I'm like, yo, I hear it's a lovely. I've yeah, never been exactly. myself. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But yo. no, not really any Many times... Especially I noticed this time when I was there, because it's like really political in the U.S. right now, you get right. a lot of questions. It's like, oh, you're from Sweden. When I went to the Stack Soul Museum, it was just like, oh, you're from Sweden. Can we talk to you for a minute? Mm. How does it work with public schools? How does this work with your tax system? And people be like, really? Mm. For the first time, I haven't, like, before it was just like, yeah, socialist. Yeah. Now people were actually interested and wanted to know how it worked and it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was an actual pure curiosity. I mean, of course, it's ego-based on their part. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, there's a real curiosity there about the country and not just, oh, that's exotic. No, no. (laughs) But the thing is, the thing you, you got in America, which you can tell by that, nobody really reacts that you're of Ethiopian descent, of African descent, mm. but you're also Swede. Because yeah. in America, you can be Haitian, Italian, Irish, Chinese, but you're still an American. Or maybe uh, most of all, you're a New Yorker. Yeah. But in Sweden, it's much more like you're Swedish or you're not. Those and, are the options. And what are, what are those... What are those uh, what are the defining lines of that? The defining lines are you, you should behave like the Swede. You should care about the same things as Swede. You should be like, have. they don't realize it, but that's basically Christian values. You should. Uh, I mean, it's, it's also should, a xenophobia, should, no? Yeah, of course. Of course. But, but it's like, you should know the national anthem and wanting to celebrate all the things holidays and, and, and it's like it's it's weird otherwise. It is very strange because I don't do none of that. No, me and most Swedish people I know doesn't do any of that. But they got mm-hmm. cri- criticism of you if you don't do any of that. I, I, I got to university and I I took archaeology and I've done the yeah. state sciences I think it's called and I know more about Swedish history than Yo, that's... Yeah. But most people don't know that Sweden yeah. had slave forts in Africa. Yep. It's just yep. that we didn't bring the slaves back to Sweden. We sold them to plantations in like West Indies and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. most people don't even know... That they benefit from slavery? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get off too far Not on a tangent. Fair. But um, it is very interesting to hear that people in the U.S. are asking more, or have been recently yeah. asking more about the socialist yeah. aspects. Genuinely interested in like that. And also, like, 
I got into like really heavy because I went by this weed store because it's legal and I've never been in a weed store. Right. So I was just like, I have to go in and check this out. What's a weed store like? Yeah. And immediately, I was like, oh, where are you from, Sweden? And immediately, we get into a discussion like two hours about narcotics policies. Oh, wow. In Sweden. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Really? It is interesting here yeah. how it, it really became a thing where it's I guess they're all kind of classed the same like weed is heroin level danger which is still just like wow this is a quote-unquote extremely progressive country but they have these policies this is like one of the last countries in Europe that it's just like but should we discuss the no yeah, yeah, it's not even a discussion. And I've, I've, I've heard about these. Uh, I mean, it's even illegal if it's in your system. That's why we have so many deaths because you cannot go to the hospital if you have an overdose. Because if it's in your system, you will go to jail. Wow, that part I did not know. No, you can't. You can't have anything in your body. That, that's why we have such a high mortality rate in overdoses because people will avoid going to like the hospital for the longest of times. Whoa, that's. Yo, that is something I did not know about. That is super interesting. Yep. Wow. Oh my God, that, that blew my mind right there. Whoa. Um, so, wow. I, I think I might need to take a break on that because yeah, do that. That, was, that was deep. Um, yeah, we'll be right back in a second.